from the News Channel 5 Network. This is the Tecus McGinnis Elder Care Law Hour. Welcome to Tecus McGinnis Elder Care Law Hour. I'm Tim Tecus, and today we're going to be exploring issues due to aging, disability, and unexpected illness. And I'm Barbara McGinnis. Definitely one of the things that could be considered an unexpected illness would be an early diagnosis of Alzheimer's disease when you're in your 50s or even in your 40s. While this represents a small percentage of people with the diagnosis, it is happening with increasing frequency. In today's episode, we're going to talk specifically about early onset Alzheimer's disease and what are some of the unique challenges and how do we combat those. To begin with, Tim and I are going to talk a little bit about some of the legal challenges uh, for families with this new diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Tim, what's some of the first documents that somebody with diagnosed with early onset dementia need? Well, you know, thanks for the softball question as we <laughs> talked about. You know, and I guess probably the most important thing that people need to know is, is that estate planning changes when a spouse or anybody becomes dis becomes disabled or incapacitated. So as far as the legal documents that are going to be needed, uh, certainly things like a, a durable power of attorney, a health care power of attorney. Some people think you should have a living will. We can talk about those later. We don't advocate for those. But right. the main thing is, is that while that person who has got the diagnosis is obviously still alive, can still make some decisions for himself or herself, and maybe most decisions, you know, they need to put the decision-making documents in place. Who's going who's gonna to make decisions for me you know, if and when my, my illness advances and I can't make decisions for myself? Often it's the spouse, if, right. there's a, if there's a living spouse, if there's no living spouse or the person's not married. You know, maybe obviously a family member, some other trusted person. Mm -hmm. you know, and we always say is, is that uh, make sure that try to have a, a backup plan. So maybe right. it's a spouse, maybe it's a child, you know, and maybe you have a backup person to, for that person, not yeah. a committee. Not a committee. Not a committee. So, right. so, you know, and as you know, we've seen clients that have come in with documents that have been done by maybe other attorneys, you know, who have like all five children, yeah. you know, and yeah. you know, that, that's typically not a good idea. A long list of ands and ors. A long list of ands and ors and you don't know. And so that just make, that makes decision making, you know, for third parties difficult. Right. You know, so those, some of those sort of the things, but definitely getting those decision making documents in place. That, that really is the most important That really thing is to get the most important with. in place. You know, and maybe, you know, if we have a little bit of time, we can talk about, you know, estate planning, about, you know, who should, you know, should the, should the spouse, if it's a married couple, if a spouse, you know, the healthy spouse, make sure that uh, we have to plan for her, him or her as well, the healthy right. spouse, and make sure that, that that spouse's documents doesn't name the, you know, the... The recently the, diagnosed the, spouse. Yes, as the, as the health care agent or the, right. dura or the durable power of attorney. Right. You know, make sure that in, in you know, in the healthy spouse's estate plan, they don't leave when at that if that spouse predeceases, and that does happen, believe right. it or not. Caregiver stress. Caregiver stress. So we want to make sure that the healthy spouse does not bequeath, you know, the the property back to the to the uh, unhealthy spouse. Right. You know, and there's some things. But that they shouldn't feel like they have to disinherit them either. Absolutely not. And yeah. we see that, as you know, we see that a lot. We see people walk in. I remember one family that came in, a married couple. I mean, the ink was barely dry in their documents, and she had 
My husband has an early, you know, he has a diagnosis of Alzheimer's disease. I went to this lawyer, you know, and he, we, I did a will and I left everything to the kids. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you disinherited your spouse. You know, did the lawyer explain to you that you cannot disinherit your spouse without his or her consent? Oh, he didn't say anything about that, you yeah. know. And then, of course, they didn't change in the titles to any of the assets, so the house was still jointly held. So if she died first, the husband would automatically inherit. You know, so there's a lot of things that, like, like I said in the outset, estate planning has to change, you know, when, a, when, a, when, when there is a diagnosis. Right. So, um, so now I guess I get, a, I get a chance to ask you something. Yeah. Okay, so a lot of these, a lot of these uh, individuals, younger onset, they're still working. Um, do they have to give up their job? Do they have legal rights to stay on the job? What, what, what happens to a, a, a person that gets it when they're 55, a diagnosis? Or right, early, early. onset uh, mm -hmm. implies that these people are probably still actively uh, engaged in the community, including employed, and mm -hmm. how livelihood, people worry about uh, how yeah. do I continue to provide for my family, we get very tied up in identifying right. ourselves in our work roles. Right. So what happens and how much do you disclose to your employer? Um, everything that I read strongly suggests that the very first thing you do is ensure that you've received an accurate diagnosis, that yeah. it is not a disease or an illness or a symptom that can be reversed or treated. <clears throat> and there are even medications that can help delay the progression of Alzheimer's disease. So that's a conversation between the person and their primary care physician or their neurologist. But as far as employment, actually, what mm -hmm. to consider. Make sure that you know what your benefit profile is. Um, so now's the time to get out your employee handbook, look right. to see what kind of benefits you have, when can you apply for those benefits, such as short-term or long-term disability. But even before you get to that point, Look to see if there's accommodations that can be made. Okay, what, what's that? What is an accommodation? An accommodation, a, a work-related accommodation okay. uh, under the ADA. Americans the with Disabilities, Disabilities Act. Act. Mm -hmm. So there are resources that can help you identify what would be a reasonable accommodation to enable you to stay at your uh, job longer. Mm -hmm. Um, and not to get forced into an early or uh, premature retirement. Right. You can anticipate that you're not going to be able to yeah. work out until you're 65, most likely, if you're diagnosed yeah. at 55. But to uh, be able to continue to be actively engaged and still productive for several more months or a few years mm -hmm. through reasonable use of accommodations. So what, what would be an example of an accommodation? Just can you think of one <coughs> offhand? Well, uh, some of the resources that I found, there is a job network, accom uh, job accommodation network. And so it's askjan.org, okay. pretty simple. We'll try to put that on our website because I think that's yeah. a good resource J -A -N -S -J -N, for- J-A-N, S-J-A-N. That's yeah. right, askjan.org. Mm -hmm. And some of the accommodations break down according to what is the deficit. So mm -hmm. particular to dementias, what are, what's the deficit? Mm -hmm. Is it memory impairment? Then you would use maybe assistive devices to help with yeah. uh, memory ticklers, but maybe it's executive function and decision making. Mm -hmm. It's all, always gonna depend also on the job task itself. Right. 
if you're a CEO of a company, you're less likely to be able to have accommodations that's going to let you still do the essential functions of your job, job. Mm -hmm. than if maybe you're um, a clerical staff or right. someone right. in a in a yeah. different sort of position. Mm. And of course, just, just since we're talking about something that's kind of outside the realm of elder law, yeah. you know, we're not do, <coughs> you know we're yeah, not employed we're not specialists in that. You know, right. I think we should probably remind our audience that. Yeah. You know, if there's an issue, you know, it's we're probably not the resource for them. In other words, there's a legal issue. I mean, there are lawyers that record, you know, that do employment laws, employment and, law. and laws, and discrimination. Certainly, right. there's resources because, on that. Right. And then, how to accommodate the use of the FMLA laws, yeah. the Family Medical, Medical Leave, Leave Act right. laws, for maybe spouses or supporting even children. Right. And of course, what we also know is, is that in, invariably, if you're under 65 and you have a history of work, a work history, most likely, if you have a diagnosis that you that you may be able to qualify for Social Security disability. You know, and there are lawyers that um, uh, that specialize in that. So often, you know, in other words, I guess in a way, when you start thinking through this, is that there's a lot of legal issues that uh, that that come into play. And estate planning is only part of it, exactly. right? Exactly. But um, so Social Security has right. uh, defined early onset Alzheimer's disease uh, on their. Oh, it's a compassionate allowance. Compassionate right. allowance diagnosis list, right. which, which which accelerates or expedites the right. the disability award. So if you got the diagnosis, you know, then the likelihood is they're going to give you the Social Security is going to award award a, a disability. Right, but that still means that you're two years away from Medicare. Exactly, and so that also invokes, you know, if, if this comes up, oh, how are you going to get health insurance? Right. You know, if you're under 65. Now maybe for the person that's Maybe, maybe that gets, maybe they're entitled to COBRA. So I know there's a lot of issues here. So, and so up next. Yeah, up next, when we'll we be, come, we'll come be back speaking from break. With, uh, when we get back from break, we'll be speaking with a client of ours whose husband had an early onset dis dementia. So please stay with us.